we are podcasting. It's lunch casting. Lunch casting. The lunch cast with the Televaga. Uh, we should also try it with our mouth full next time. So let's should we start with the, with a roundup of last week. Yeah, I mean it has it was accessibility week. Well, it used it it, it was accessibility day, then it became a week, and now people are some people are referring to it as accessi- accessibility month now. I think um I think some companies just were late. I, th- I think that was the thing they were late for Global Accessibility Day, and so then you know to, to cover for not having anything ready for that day, they they decided they just would have a weekend and dropped all their news on Friday instead. Yeah, probably. In fairness, I, I didn't have anything anything ready either. Um, after the day, I started kind of writing more about it and more accessibility-related stuff. And um, yeah, it's, it, I woke up on the day and I didn't even realize it was accessibility day, which, um, you know, if I, I, an accessibility professional, wake up not realizing what day it is um it says a lot about everybody else um yeah i i realized on tuesday the tuesday before so um still didn't have anything prepared but but did um wing it with a with a vr walkthrough talking about accessibility yeah. vr which you watched yeah that was actually very cool i had to drop off for about 20 minutes but it was really cool um, and I like the kind of the topics that came up, but you know the the problem is I think that we, you know, it shouldn't be a day. It, I mean, it shouldn't we? Sh- it shouldn't have to be a day, um, and we shouldn't have to prepare stuff. Um, it should be always like random, and we should always talk about it to some extent or another. And my my LinkedIn was blowing up with all these posts from from various companies about. Ooh, accessibility this, usability that, UX this, UX that. And I'm like, where were you the 364 other days of the year? I think that's maybe part of the reason why we we didn't realize it was happening until until it was happening because we're when you're actively doing that stuff, yeah, you know, and you're act, actively delivering accessible products or you're you're running accessibility audits or you're just involved in that world all the time. Like it, you know, a day is just, you know, every other day. Yeah. Well, I mean, the intent behind it is good. It's, it's meant to raise awareness, uh, especially to, to those who have not been introduced to accessibility in the past or are completely unaware or are maybe trying even to ignore the whole topic. Um, and of course, seeing these, these posts pop up online everywhere is, is, is not a bad thing. Um, but it, it's almost like, it's almost like Valentine's day. If, if you're doing it once a year, it matters very little. Um, sure. You remember that you care about somebody for one day a year. Um, but on the, in the larger scheme of things, it doesn't solve anything. Um, it just shows that you're good at tracking your calendar. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, doing some effort, but, you know, most of those, most of those efforts, um, that I've seen out there were almost like you said, putting on a show rather than just presenting what we've done all year or the whole last, whole of last year. Now, those are the kind of announcements I would like to see where a company says, okay, and 
during this day, we take the opportunity to showcase everything we've done for the whole year and then go through a bunch of products, go through a bunch of innovations, ideas, hackathons, whatever uh, they did, and, and kind of not just say that, oh, we're putting on a show. It's more like it's the culmination of what we've done for a whole year. The, this event it's like an apple event like uh, an apple event is not a show it's it's presenting what what they've worked on well it is a show but um when when you show the iphone <laughs> it's, it's like the definition of a show yeah when, when you present the iphone it's not like oh we've created this little uh phone for you for this event it's no we've worked on this for a whole year and now we're presenting it so you kind of show off the fruits of your labor rather than the fruits of putting together an event. Well, I think the big tech companies actually were pretty good at that this, this year. You know, if you look at the stuff that came from Google and, and Apple and Microsoft, um, it has, it, a lot of it has been like, this is something, you know, it's either clearly something that they have been working on for a long time, or it's, it's lots of, in the case of Apple and Microsoft, lots of smaller, um, bits of accessibility, innovation and enhancements in in lots of different products that they've um that, and some of it has been stuff that's gradually been introduced over the past year or some of it's stuff that they're saying is coming um and i think i think that's really good i think yeah certainly certainly apple and and, and google this year have have kind of dominated the the highlights of the of the day um but yeah i mean they're they're giants but as, as giants as they are, I think the, the smaller companies, the smaller individuals are the ones who will ultimately make the biggest difference. So what I would like to see, I mean, obviously Google and, and Apple are giants and that's great. They, they dominated the headlines in during the accessibility day. But ultimately as giants as they are i think that the the main difference the bigger difference will be done by the smaller companies the the individual engineers and developers designers and so on and so forth because um ultimately they're the ones who create the products um rather than you know apple apple and google are enabling certain things but the the end results are going to be very often used are going to be tools that are are developed by the smaller companies and used by the individuals. So um, whenever I see a giant introducing a, a feature, an accessibility feature, my, my next question is, and how will this trickle down to the end user? Um, and the Google example is great because um, the tags that they introduced. That's that's something that I see developers going to have screen to implement the story from in the future. Um, and so it's talking about accessibility tags that will appear in the Google Play Store. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and Google uh, I mean this is self this is Google curated at the moment. Um, and I'm not sure how they curate it. So not a lot of information is given on that. Um, not even in their official uh, um, announcement on the Google help page, but, um, they, they do, they do say that they are going to go back and, and review more and more applications, um, over time. But 
you know, essentially this means you build an application and then, um, and then if you build it accessibly, then they might actually stumble upon it and it might be tagged as, a, as an accessible application. I think that's great to have that as a, you know, like a tag or a category, and then you can click on that. Yeah, and then it will show it will show other artic- uh, other uh, applications that are within fit that same kind of uh, requirement, which is great. Hopefully, they've got a way to um, to make that dis- discoverable from like the top level, so it's not just when you go into into the apps, um, but you know from like from the, the top level Play Store menu. Possibly, you know, you could you could see what you know, you have like an accessibility tab the same way you might have, you know, other product categories and then it you can drill down into that. That would be great. Yes, I think I think the search feature allows for that. Um if I understood correctly, you can you can search based on accessibility. Um And I would assume that also they'll they'll connect somehow the Play Store with the with the, with users settings accessibility settings, so that you don't even necessarily have to go to a separate tab. But whenever you open your your Play Store, it will it will prioritize those kind of applications for you based on your accessibility settings. Microsoft did something similar to that in the Xbox Store, and I don't I don't know if this now applies applies because Microsoft Store stuff is confusing, um, and I don't know if the Microsoft Store and the Xbox Store are the same store, um, but this is from the gaming team at Microsoft who have recently done a lot of stuff and and kind of over the year have have dropped a lot of information and and um, new accessibility features guidelines for games developers to you know. To make considerations uh, for for different um, need sets, uh, and also released recently some new products. They released a whole bunch of new adaptive controllers, but they're doing something that's very similar to Google here as well. And so Microsoft have actually been doing something around that. So they have the the Xbox accessibility guidelines, similar to the WCAG, the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. You have, you know, you have instructions here in ways to support people with with different types of need and, and different accommodations you can make in the game and and it does actually include screen narration talking about microsoft is one of the things they talked about a few months ago is that they added sign language into forza horizon 5 the racing game and i think they've just added um additional sign language in there like it's in it was in cutscenes, and now they've added it in other places so it's like a human translator is showing in the bottom of the screen and Apple in their roundup from last week um, have mentioned uh, so one thing they're doing is adding live captions sign time so this is something they I think they talked about last year and um, it's available for customers in the US the UK and in France um, and now it's it's coming to Canada and it will let Apple store and Apple support customers um, uh, use offer sign language to uh, or or talk to those Apple um, staff using sign language, so that's it's great to see more of that. And then there's actually some sign language has been included into Apple Fitness Plus as well. Mm, that's nice. Um, whenever, what I mean, at least during the last year or so, 
whenever I think of sign language, I, I keep I keep thinking about um, AI as well. I mean, AI has gone gone from something silly to now actually quite impressive. And uh, I know like AI is being used for even for uh, romantic relationships these days, but I think where we could make a lot of use of it is is sign language. You know, um, right now we are hiring a lot of people, um, and there's a there's a serious shortage of people who can do sign language translation on the fly. Um, but for example, like a game, uh, you could actually I think use or start looking into using AI to to generate these these sign language uh, narrators, because um, it's predictable. You're, you're, you know, it, it's not, it's not one of those situations where somebody's out on a stage and doing a rap song, and you need to really be into the, you know, the same style and same everything as a rap song, uh, where it's a lot more difficult to to kind of generate on the fly an AI translating into sign language. But in games, and in any anywhere that's that's actually pre-recorded text and audio, um, AI generated characters or what they call them, avatars, um, doing the sign language would be a perfect use case. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's another type of text to speech, if you think about it. You know, it's, in, it's just that it's a, you know, it's visual speech. Yeah. So, you, you know, imagine having a Siri, having a British Sign Language option. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would it would work great as an integration in the Apple TV, for example, um, where it wouldn't even like it. It could be literally turned on for anything that's that's going on in the Apple TV ecosystem. Like you could, you know, start a show, a TV show, and uh, you know, just automatically generate the the sign language uh, avatar. Um, as as the movie or whatever goes on. Mm-hmm.